0: Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata.
1: It's the greatest show on earth.
0: Bickley and Murata.
1: Good morning and welcome. the world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman, sports. It's sports. sports.
0: Murata. It's a power packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata.
1: Spectacular. This is the crazy-
0: and Marada. I love this show. This is the greatest
1: show in the
2: history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever.
1: And Marada. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Happy Tuesday to everybody. Let's get it rolling. NFL opening week is upon us. And we're going to pull back the curtain. Jared, you were just running through the hallway 15 (laughs) seconds ago. Now you're scrambling to put broken headphones back together. You're off to a rousing return to work, I got to tell you. Hey,
2: he's been on a break. I thought I was still on vacation for a second (laughs) there.
1: Jared Carlin back from Chicago, Illinois. Right? Yes. Welcome uh, back. Did there. you uh did you have
2: Chicago style pizza d- while you were there? I didn't. I did not. Okay. We had we had pizza and it was just regular
0: pizza and I felt cheated. Well, New okay. York style pizza in Chicago? Do they actually sell that? I don't <laughs> know. It was illegal. It was they have Do they have New York pizza. style places in
1: Chicago? Yo, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: they're not prevalent, but yeah. I'll so, tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. So this this is the orthodox Jewish side of my family. Mm-hmm. And my aunt and uncle they have four daughters, and then the four daughters all have families now. So there were thirteen kids between the ages of zero and twelve. Well, that oh. sounds relaxing. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's quiet. It is exactly as you think it would be. Uh-huh. It is literally people. There's like fourteen kids just running around. <laughs>
1: And chasing in the each other,
2: screaming, pushing it's each fascinating other. Fascinating
1: to me how your family travels in these gigantic groups.
2: Well, those are all the ones that already were in Chicago,
1: right? But, but I mean, that, you, 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 you guys are always traveling together, yeah. and forming large groups. Yes. Yeah. Well, we huh. have a, oh, hey, it's a close family. That's and my, what my, more
2: could you ask for? My particular side of the family always feels like we need to go to all these bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff mm. like that. So
0: I'm kind of jealous. Fun from somebody whose family was once close and is now completely fractured
1: oh, I got one of those too man I got one of those too
2: yeah, I mean, it's hard to sort of, once, when you're kids, you grow up sort of with cousins that are your own age yes. and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're close, you yes. see your aunt and uncles and at Thanksgiving and all that stuff. As everybody grows up, has their own families, then moves all across the
1: country, you lose
2: yeah. touch. How about it?
1: Yeah. How about it? Life right. happens. So Memorial Day, or Labor Day weekend, thats felt like Memorial Day weekend <laughs> to me. Great weekend for me. I did a lot of watching tennis. I watched a lot of football. I played some golf. I swim. I'm good. I don't know about you guys. I played some pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah. I watched a lot of sports and I watched the Manti Teodoc
0: and I sat on my butt the rest of the time. Right. I watched a horrible sports movie, by the way. I had forgotten it existed. Do you remember the movie that came out, National Champions? No. Nope. The premise of it was uh, J.K. Simmons plays this college football coach, and oh, like yeah, three yeah, yeah. days before the national championship game, his Heisman Trophy winning quarterback boycotts the game because the athletes aren't getting paid. Don't nice. remember that. It was not memorable at all. Don't, don't watch it. It was horrible. <laughs> right, there it was you a go. sports movie with no sports and uh-huh. just long, overdrawn dialogue scenes.
1: And it, was, and, and, uh, and it kept you engaged to the very end, did it? <laughs> nah, I dozed off a couple <laughs> of times, but that's <laughs> awful. Start the show, Jared. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Animal. Animal coming.
2: Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com.
0: Yeah, as Beck mentioned, it is game week in the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. we get started on Sunday. Tomorrow, we will get our first look at the injury report for week one and their matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. But we may already know some names that could show up on it. According to various reports, J.J. Watt, Zach Ertz, Colt McCoy were not around for the open part of practice on Monday. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury said that edge rusher Marcus Golden will likely be a game time decision on Sunday. Golden hasn't participated in anything in over a month. Wide receiver Rondale Moore was back at practice, as was running back uh, Jonathan Ward. And all five members of the Cardinals projected offensive line were out there on the field on Monday. But it seems like it's going to be a pretty extensive injury report for a team who didn't play any of its
1: players in the preseason. This has been been, the Really one of the craziest NFL off-seasons I can ever remember for the Arizona Cardinals. And as Devin Booker once said, we've done seen some bleep. Yes. That's this is like, uh, Really, I mean, from Steve Kine basically punting on, a, on any significant acquisi- acquisition to Cliff Kingsbury punting on the very nature of live reps and competition, It uh, this is going to be amazing to yeah. see if this, if this football team is ready for Sunday.
0: Yeah, we'll have a lot oh, of Cardinals yeah. talk, projection, uh, preview, all that good stuff on today's show. The Pittsburgh Steelers released their depth chart for week one, and it's Mitchell Trubisky listed as the starting quarterback and team captain with Mason Rudolph as the backup and rookie Kenny Pickett as third string. A lot of Steelers fans up in arms about this. Pickett excelled in preseason play, completed 29 of 36 passes for 261 yards and three touchdowns, but instead it will be Trubisky getting the nod against the Jets in Pittsburgh on Sunday. Jets head coach Robert Salas said it's still possible that Zach Wilson could start against the Steelers on Sunday. Wilson suffered a bone bruise and a meniscus tear in the preseason and had surgery on August 16th. Talk about the about face. Normally, with a quarterback that young and that supposedly important to the future of the mm-hmm. franchise, they're going to take their time. They are pushing Zach Wilson back into action. I,
1: I, that doesn't make any sense to me, first of all. I, I, I don't know what the rush is. I I mean, do the Jets really think they're competing for anything this year? <laughs> but, but, but let's go back to that Pittsburgh story real quick. It's kind of genius of the Steelers to put him at number three because if you're going to go by this idea that let Trubisky fail first and then create momentum when you give the job to pick it. it you put him third, you can't have fans screaming for the backup quarterback because no, he's when, not the backup quarterback. And not
2: when the backup quarterback is Mason Rudolph they're not screaming for so, him.
1: Right. So it, it it puts him in a nice little comfort zone and it keeps the noise to a minimum around the team. That There's a reason why the Steelers are always good. So you're just anticipating failure by Mitch Trubisky I that. am. Yes. Oh, poor guy. Or, or mediocrity. Okay. He's, failure to mediocrity. He's a team captain. He, that's yeah. Well, that's kind big. of funny, too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Big, come
0: on! Cowboys signed nine-time Pro Bowl tackle Jason Peters to their practice squad on Monday. Once he's up to speed, the 40-year-old Peters is expected to fill a spot on the offensive line for the uh, Cowboys. He's the second-oldest player in the NFL behind that one guy in Tampa. Uh, it's becoming a common occurrence for the D-backs, a player making his Major League debut and also making a big contribution in a win. Last night, it was right-handed Ryan Nelson's turn. D-backs' eighth-ranked prospect made his big league debut at Petco Park and baffled the Padres in a 5-0 win. Seven scoreless innings allowed just four hits, struck out seven, no walks in the win. Nelson became just the second pitcher since 1901 with at least seven innings, seven strikeouts, and no walks in his debut. Joining Nick Kingham of the Pirates, who did it in 2018. In case you're wondering, I looked up Nick Kingham and where he's at now. He's pitching in Korea. Uh, Stone Garrett homered Christian Walker at a two-run single. Alec Thomas drove in two for Arizona now 10 and 3 over the last 13 games same two teams tonight in a great pitching matchup Merrill Kelly for the D-backs against Joe Musgrove of the Padres 6:40 first pitch 6 o'clock pregame on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station not only was it dominant it may have been the most efficient start we've seen from a Diamondbacks pitcher it, all
1: year it, didn't it didn't it kind of reach the point of absurdity in a good way yesterday Yes. like it's it, it, as if the, pro, the the wave of prospects wasn't you know exciting enough yeah, now you get a pitcher come yeah. out and just mow down the Padres yeah, like that. A couple of other
0: pitchers that are getting close yeah. to making
1: debuts, too. I know. Too. It's, it's His a, team is smoking hot yeah. right now.
0: Aaron Judge did it again. The Yankees slugger clubbed a two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth, which broke a 2-2 tie and helped the pinstripes to a 5-2 win over the Twins. 54th home run of the year as he chases the Yankees franchise and American League records for home runs in a season. He has 18 more home runs than anybody else in baseball it's this incredible, year. incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, ASU football will be without offensive lineman Joey Ramos for the rest of the season. Ramos started at right tackle last Thursday against NAU but suffered an ankle injury late in the first half. They will travel to Stillwater to take on the 12th ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys on Saturday. And in tennis, American Francis Tiafo pulled off a major upset at the U.S. Open. He knocked off second-seeded Rafael Nadal in four sets. Tiafo threw to the quarterfinals in a grand slam for the second time in his career. The other was the 2019 Australian Open. Uh, third-seeded Carlos Alcaraz of Spain won a five-set marathon over 15th seeded Marin Cilic last night to move on to the quarters. On the women's side, 12-seeded American Coco Gauff takes on Caroline Garcia. Of France in a quarterfinal match this afternoon. No
2: Serena and none of the big three in the men's side. Yeah. Could know, this be a changing of the guard?
1: It feels like the edge of the cliff is coming for uh, professional tests. I saw your tweet about that It, over the it really does. Yeah. Rafael Nadal yesterday did something I've never seen him do, and that was not run down key balls. Just, I have never seen that from him. The penultimate point of that match, though... Oh,
0: and Nadal just absolutely killed that serve to the forehand, and Tiafo just flicked it cross court. It's yeah. one of the most amazing returns I've ever seen
1: in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, I, even after after the match, Rafa was talking about, time isn't on my side, man. It was, uh, yeah. it's. Gonna tell be me about it, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing. Welcome time to it. Is- the, the worst. worst. Welcome to our team, you butt picker. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. Chr- the chronic butt picker. Pickin' that cake. <laughs>
0: There you go. There's your splash for Tuesday, September 6th. Text FAN to 620-620. Become the Red Bird Farms chicken fan of the game, where you can win two tickets to see the Cardinals take on the Rams and be featured on the Jumbotron. That's FAN, F-A-N, to 620-620 for complete details and your chance to win. Yes, game week finally here. Finally. We'll get into some of the storylines for the Arizona Cardinals as they get ready for the Chiefs. Next, it's Pickley and Murata mornings, live from the Yak-Chin community. 98.7 Studios 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
3: Dan Pickley and Vince Murata. Bigley
1: and Murata Mornings.
3: Not ideal, that's for sure. That's, that's a pretty good pretty good offense, but um, obviously we've had some stuff out of our control that, that's, that's happened over the last six months, and it um, doesn't make it easy, but we're trying to do some things to um, fix that over the next few weeks, so we'll see see how it plays out. But yeah, you'd like to have a little more depth and experience, I think, um, going into this one, but it's everybody's dealing with something this time of year.
0: Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, speaking with the media. Yesterday is week one is here. Here in the NFL, we're two days away from actual football, the Thursday night game in L.A. between the Rams and the Bills. And, of course, Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs in town with Patrick Mahomes and what still should be a different looking but just as potent passing game for yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. And right. there you hear Cliff Kingsbury talking about not ideal being a weak at, at cornerback. I find it interesting in that soundbite, though, some things out of our control happened
1: late here. The things that were in your control, like beefing up the cornerback room, did not go addressed. No, that that was certainly within their control. I, I understand that that he's pointing to the to, to, to the freakish cooking accident that affected Antonio Hamilton, and and they're just they have no clue when he's going to be able to get back and run. I mean, if you have saw the pictures, his feet are damaged. Right, yes. and, and so they, this is unprecedented. There's no real medical guidebook for when does quarter, when do quarterbacks return from cooking accidents. Yeah,
0: Gambo likened it to a, a few years ago. I remember when Antonio Brown. It was a different kind of a burn because he did it in a cryo chamber, but his feet were messed up for a little bit oh, that's too. Right. Um, that's right. But, right. You know, I don't know if there's any difference uh, in the types of burns. It looked it looked pretty gnarly, and this he's out. Is... We know for at least four weeks. Which is, again, really not ideal when three of the top six passing attacks in the NFL are on the schedule for the Cardinals no. in the first
1: four weeks. The, the Cardinals really are banking everything on Kyler Murray's ability to start seasons fast. When Kyler Murray is all twitchy and feels good and feels frisky. Uh, and this is this is the thing, because if you believe what Cliff Kingsbury's approach is, is right, or if you believe it's derelict... Or dangerous um a, a- here's what I think about it it's clear the preseason is not for Kyler Murray that Kyler Murray can get into a season and play really good football and I think that's because he's young and he's very like like he's very athletic and I think that he will be ready to play but the question becomes what about the other 52 guys would they have benefited from having live reps would would players on defense benefited from actually having to tackle people would Isaiah Simmons who is going to wear the green dot this year have benefited from some live reps i think the answer to the last question is obviously if you've got a guy now that you've expect you're expecting him to be a pro bowl kind of player and he's wearing the green dot meaning he's got to be in charge of gathering and coordinating the defense don't you think you want to run that live a few times before it's actually live you would think yeah i mean
0: uh, we were saying similar things going into week one uh, last year We saw the results. They looked like one of the more buttoned-up teams to begin the season last year despite not playing a lot of their regulars. There was even less play in the preseason among mm-hmm. their regulars, key contributors and starters this preseason. On that subject, though, Clif- Cliff Kingsbury also talked about that, uh, that very thing. Isaiah Simmons wearing the green dot on defense.
3: Having Vance be able to talk him through some things, I think locks him in, um, snap to snap, which has been, been helpful. And just him having a better knowledge of our defensive terminologies, what we're trying to get to, um, it's really been a win-win for us so far. I think he has a better feel for what we're trying to do, and then Vance being able to talk him through some things pre-snap I think will really help him as well.
0: Yeah and if you go into week one against an offense like Kansas City and yeah a lot of pressure on Isaiah Simmons to be a team leader uh, something that he verbally uh, appears ready to do uh, with, with what he's said and I know you've been a big fan of everything he's said this preseason and offseason mm-hmm. but when you take away some things you, you, you take away strength at the cornerback position that's very much a question mark right now Trayvon Mullen was working off to the side yesterday. He could be thrust into a major role in Week One. We talked about that, you know, during preseason. Mm-hmm. When are you going to go trade for a corner? Maybe that trade wasn't available to the Cardinals until it was available, uh, but maybe others were. Um, so that's right. a question. And now you're looking at maybe Marcus
1: Golden not being out there. That's and what's the you know what's the availability of J.J. Watt right now? Well, that, there's that too. So for a Monday practice yesterday, there was some. Uh, uh, unavailabilities that were a little bit problematic JJ Watt still recovering from COVID-19 you got to think he'll be okay but again w- we know older athletes who have come down with COVID-19 sometimes they're sometimes they're okay yep. sometimes they're not really on it. They don't have the juice. Chris Paul is comes immediately to mind. Um, so you wonder about that. You wonder about Zacherts. The Marcus Golden thing, I, if this has been a hold-in, wink, wink, then what's going to happen this week? Are they going to give him some money? What, what are we doing here? And then uh, are you really expecting him just to jump on the football field and generate a pass rush for you when he hasn't done a darn thing? I mean, Rodney Hudson hasn't done really anything. I'm not sure if he's taken anything. If he's done any work. Yeah, I mean, he was out
0: on the field yesterday, and the first official practice okay. for the week is Wednesday, and that's when we'll get a look at the, the
1: injury report. But It's going to be a fascinating, man. It's, it, really, listen, it really is. So they're all banking on Kyler Murray rolling hot from the get gate is what they're banking on, and, and he did it last year. Kyler Murray, in the first three games last year, I believe last first two games he had seven touchdown passes if I got that right and he had a rushing touchdown in each of the first three games if I remember correctly so in the first three weeks of last season he was on it and he was the reason that team elevated from the from the jump
0: yeah and you know with all due respect to Tennessee a twelve win team last year that went to the playoffs won its division uh, the Cardinals manhandled them in week yeah. one. Different scenario. They were a run-first team, didn't have much of a potent passing game. This Kansas City team can scare you, yeah. and, and Patrick Mahomes is at the at the controls of that offense. Cliff Kingsbury talked about, you know, when was the first time he saw Patrick Mahomes, who went on to play quarterback for him at Texas Tech. What was
3: going through his mind? I just thought he was really raw. You know, he'd run around, make plays. He was definitely the best player on the field in any game he played. It just was raw. He hadn't ever focused on football. Didn't go to camps growing up. His dad was a baseball player, obviously, but that was the first I had seen of him um, and his. Dad was a legend down in East Texas, obviously, but I, I hadn't watched it until then.
0: Yeah, and if you are buttoned up defensively, Patrick Mahomes can can make it hurt real bad, light you up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now he is working in some some new receivers. Doesn't have Tyree Kill one of his main weapons, but you no, know, Travis Kelsey is still there. And Travis Kelsey puts up wide receiver numbers at tight end. So
1: well, but 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 also, like you said, this is a team now that has been stripped of Tyree Hill, one of the more dangerous weapons in the NFL, and he's been replaced by a couple of very good acquisitions. and And I think if you were the Kansas City Chiefs, you'd want to be motivated to flash. I, I think I I don't think there's going to be any element of surprise or rust on the Chiefs, and the Cardinals better be ready for that. And that's. That's going to be a tough, tall ask for that defense. Oh, without a <laughs> right? doubt. We'll have a lot more on it as the uh, week rolls on as we
0: get closer and closer to week one Sunday at State Farm Stadium. Coming up next, we saw week one for a lot of college football teams. And hey, what do you know? The Arizona Wildcats have matched their win total from a year ago when they looked pretty good, and doing it. <laughs> Plus the year before. Plus the year before. <laughs> we'll get into that and more college football next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Tuesday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> To scoop it up, Delora deep down the middle got his man cowing touchdown. Arizona, what a matchup he had, too, on that play! You can't get a better matchup than cowing inside on the inside linebacker, Shawcroft. Uh, one of three touchdowns. From Jaden DeLora to Jacob Cowing, two newcomers to the Arizona Wildcats football team, but an impressive debut for 2022. How about it? To go to San Diego uh, and play in uh, what was like. A heat wave for San Diego. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was miserable at that new stadium and the conditions. I don't think they were ready to host a football game there. Quite honestly, right? Uh, but um, you know, players for U of A after they win that game by eighteen, and it wasn't necessarily even that close. Mm-hmm. I mean, if not for a special teams gaffe by Arizona, that's a total mm-hmm. blowout. Um, but they talked about, hey, this was nothing for us. We trained in, in the Tucson heat in the summer, um, and it's amazing. I, it sounds so so rudimentary. It's amazing what good players can do for a, for a program. They played the Arizona program played the transfer portal very very well. They get yeah. Jacob Cowing who scored three touchdowns from UTEP. Mm-hmm. They get Jaden Delora who was a good quarterback in the Pac-12 at Washington State last year. They get him, uh,
1: and they look like a much
0: different team. I was I was pretty impressed with what they
1: yeah, did. Yeah, listen, I think this is a this is a big win for their head coach because he did a lot of this transfer portal uh, recruiting, and I think it's uh this is an interesting uh, subset of of things that are happening in college football when you. You see the best programs now like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and Dabo Sweeney, when you see these guys now um, not identify starters, like Jim Harbaugh is going with co-starting quarterbacks, everybody is fearful of losing their depth now to the transfer portal. Everybody. And so if this transfer portal actually strips the great programs of the depth they've previously enjoyed, th- this could do more for parity than the damage we all thought the port and the chaos that the portal was bringing to college football. I don't know. But th- but this turnover in the way uh, Arizona's football team looked over the weekend was tremendous. They've got a couple wide receivers right now who might be NFL players one day. They've got a quarterback who can deliver the football. I think it's one game. I think...
0: Maybe. It's either them or USC. They've got the best wide receiver combo in the conference. That Cowan kid is really good. Right. Um, To your point, though, uh, that's an interesting point. I'm wondering how accurate that is, and I don't know if there's any way to project it because everything is still so new. Mm -hmm. But when you see players transferring from the top schools, and I'm speaking very generally here. It's normally the depth guys, mm-hmm. and you take Alabama for example. So you got a four-star recruit who's running second or third team, and he re- he goes to a you know a, a smaller program to get time. They're still littered with five-star recruits,
1: right? Yes, I saw a stat over the weekend though that said there were only two schools that had less transfer portal activity than the military academies, and. Georgia and Clemson, I want to say, were the winners in that. Clemson was not very active at all. Yeah. So the point is, this thing is here and it's feeding everybody, and the fact that now coaches are getting weirded out about releasing depth charts for fear of labeling a guy as a backup, for fear that he might be out of here... By sunrise,
0: wouldn't that player already know yeah, in practice?
1: Though, the, hey, who
0: are you taking your reps with? Why is that guy getting ten reps and I'm getting one? one. <laughs>
1: right, exactly.
0: Maybe I'll play more on Saturday. Right, <laughs> oh,
2: we're saving you for Saturday, there, kid.
0: Yeah, we're keeping you fresh. Huh, but that's heard, a, that. that's
1: the whole thing. I, it's the days of uh, the days of being content with being a backup. You've you have got to have a great record of pro- of producing a steady stream of NFL players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while making guys wait their turn. You know what's the next wave? These guys are going to hop programs in the middle of a season. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: Wait, who's, is it the LSU receiver who got into a, a gaffe with uh, old family? What's his name? Brian Kelly?
0: Yeah, Kayshawn Booty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and people are saying that they think He's, he might transfer midseason. Well, he already scrubbed his accounts. So it doesn't <laughs> say LSU receiver anymore. Oh, no. and he only had two catches. Oh, it begins.
2: Quit scrubbing your booty.
0: <laughs> no, no, do it. Don't. Keep it clean. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Arizona was near the top end of Pac-12 mm-hmm. accomplishments. That was that was an impressive debut. Then, on the other side, you had the Oregon Ducks. He's got the football and he's running through tacklers and he's going to run right into the end zone in the far corner. He never got touched. He just split the green shirts and saw daylight in the corner and found it for another touchdown. Yeah, that was uh one of seven touchdowns on the day for Georgia. Wow. Scott Howard from Learfield Sports. Um Georgia annihilated Oregon 49 to 3 and that's a really tough debut for a new head coach Dan Lanning coaching mm-hmm. his first game for Oregon. You got to go play a neutral site game uh against what you know, the defending national champions. And their defense got absolutely stripped. Everybody from that defense got drafted. It doesn't matter. They're a yeah. program that's beyond that now. Right? They just retool. Uh, I did not expect Oregon to win that game. I expected them to compete a little bit. Yeah. That was a horrible look for the Pac. I agree. At, at a conference that can't afford many more horrible looks.
2: Well, and Utah did it to yeah, them too. Yeah, that was almost worse. Yeah, they lost to an unranked team, and they were supposed to be even better than Oregon. Utah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the uh, the thing about that is, to me, w- when you look at, at the at the Pac-12, you have to realize that as of right now, USC is gone. So everything has to be looked at through the prism of, of what you're talking about. So uh, Utah lost a game they probably should have won, and Oregon just getting their doors blown off like that. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of returning mojo at Georgia, and that quarterback Stetson Bennett obviously looks pretty comfortable mm-hmm. running that offense now. But man, what a bad look. Yeah, to not even compete, and that was yeah. the premier
0: game on paper of the week. Well, I, I guess Ohio State and Notre Dame probably had more hype yeah. than that, and but it was it, right up there. I,
1: I don't want to rain on the Wildcats' parade because I think they. I, I really was very impressed with them. And, and San everything. Diego State's a good program. Here's the here's the thing where I think Arizona benefited from when you watch that football game. It was so hot in Southern California, and Southern Californians are so soft when it gets hot. Yeah. They had right? no idea how to handle that. But they have no. So if if you watch that game, they were the fans were literally finding Pat, pockets of shade if that game would have been at nighttime, it would have been a different vibe in there is what I'm trying to say it would have been and so I think well, may, sure. I think Arizona was by far the better team okay. and I don't think it would have mattered but those circumstances I think you know sort of negated any home field advantage they were thinking they were going to get in this debut of Snapdragon Stadium well most of the people were outside of the bowl they were in the shade around the stadium I right, yeah. say, right. right. so just go home at that point right.
2: you right. know who stayed in the sun and worked on his tan the whole time verified by my friend who was there Steve Kerr.
1: Did he really? (laughs) Yeah. Did he really?
2: Like, does the man not have a
1: suite?
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are you
2: doing in the sun? I saw a
0: report that the press box didn't have air conditioning. Somebody said it was like 150 degrees in the press box. They they were not... (laughs) Some
2: media were seated outside of the
0: press box. And apparently they cut corners to get this thing... Operation Red. There's yep. no shade at all, <laughs> so we're throwing shade. Yeah, so, right. yeah, it's, so it's, it's 76
2: and sunny yeah, usually every day in San Diego. But Come to
0: Bic's point on the heat, yes, you're right. Californians can be soft when it comes to to heat, but I'm going to defend them a little bit because right. I've been in Southern California when it gets up to about 90. 90 there is miserable, and I, I mean, 90s nothing here. Mm-hmm. I I can't explain the phenom- you ever felt that phenomenon before <laughs> like
1: 90 plus degree heat in southern california it just hits different reflection <laughs> no, the water. <laughs> well because you're expe- you're expecting it to be a respite you're ne- you're yeah. never expecting that kind of Experience. I feel
0: the same way on a warm day in Flagstaff. It's miserable. Yes, exactly. Yes.
1: Expectations, man. It's always about expectations. <laughs>
0: yeah, when you wake up and you go outside in Phoenix in August, right. you expect to be happy. Right, you expect uh, to be miserable. Nature's blow dryer on right. you full full <laughs> tilt.
2: And let me guess Vince, warm day, cold day, cool day, nice day in Tucson always miserable also for you.
0: It's all it's, that's going to be my uh, my series that's in development on FX. It's always miserable in Tucson. <laughs> Uh, But I have to thank McMillan and uh, Cowing because they're both on my fantasy team. And I, I beat the juggernaut Luke Lipinski in Week One. Nice. Yeah. See, I told you events. I told you you were going to
1: be happy. Look at that. Look at this guy. Always hating on the Wildcats, and now relying on them to win fantasy Let's football. Games. Like I care. <laughs> <laughs> but when you beat Luke, That's you got
0: to you got to gloat a little bit when you beat Luke, don't you? Uh, sure. Coming up next, D backs. Another stellar debut from a rookie. This is getting a lot, getting to be a lot of fun. We'll get into it next. It's pickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley
1: and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
0: And a 2 0 pitch. Beatty swings and he hits it in the air to right. Should end the inning. McCarthy underneath it. The boos are already out and now the catch is made inning is over and Nelson seven shutout innings on the road in San Diego to begin his major league career Chris Garagiola on the call on the D-backs radio network another debut Ryan Nelson comes up from triple-a Reno uh gave up a leadoff double and you're like "Uh uh-oh this might go rough and then he sets down 17 in a (laughs) row like nothing looked very comfortable on the mound uh he and two relievers combine on a four-hit shutout uh, on the night yeah. Uh, and here we go. Now, now we're bleeding into the prospects coming up and making an impact and really setting the tone or hopefully setting the tone for what is a bright future. We've seen it with the outfielders and Thomas and McCarthy and Carroll, and they've been spark plugs, but. Um, it, it's not just the position players that the Diamondbacks have a few of in the minor leagues that are ready to make a a, a, uh, a real impact. And uh, look, they're not going to make the playoffs. But the way they're playing post-All-Star break, people are starting to notice, not just in Arizona.
1: Yeah, listen, when you start stacking up their accomplishments in the moment, you, look at this. I mean, you've got a starting pitcher in the rotation that's flirting with history. He's got six consecutive scoreless outings in Zach Gellin. Got tied, ba- tied the record, by the way. Tied the record. You've got a baseball team that has now won, I think, 10. 10 of the last thirteen mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. right? In a bunch of series in a row, and now you get a pitching prospect who comes up, who jumps into the starting rotation, and just locks up the Padres like that. You're right. This is the kind of stuff that that is going to create a lot of excitement. And you know, this baseball team has got their sights set on getting back to five hundred. And that, to me, it, even if you finished eighty-two and eighty this year, Oof. that to me is an incredible accomplishment. In fact, and you're right. The playoffs, even though we, we've been, we've been weaned to believe that if you're around 500, you're in wild-card contention, for all the winning the Diamondbacks have done, they're not really making up any ground on that wild-card race. So I, I believe you're right. That's kind of out of um, reach. In fact, here's what I would suggest the Diamondbacks do. I would suggest the Diamondbacks look at that five-game series they have against the Dodgers coming up as their playoff series. Best of five against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and and use that to kind of plant your flag and say, this is the team we are going to be. That's what I would do. Either way, what they're doing right now is fantastic.
2: We brought this up last week, but this could be their Phoenix Suns bubble run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just leads into next season and changes everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of people interacting with people on Twitter, too, and people that are equally as excited as we are about what the Diamondbacks are doing. But you go back to what could have been if they had been more buttoned up in the back end of the bullpen. The one area that they really went out and spent money on, and not a ton, yeah, uh, but to bring in Kennedy and Melanson. And even on, on Sunday against Milwaukee, Beck, mm-hmm. you know, you're working on a shutout. The bullpen comes in, Melanson's doing mop up duty in the night, and then he gives up a home run. You lose the shutout, like even in wins there's, yeah. there's something demoralizing about what that bullpen 's done to him
1: but you know what i I also think there's something organic about this season where what 's happening now is happening because of everything that came before it, so we, so I think this team had to go through a transition of having some veterans around here. The the David Peralta bringing in an established closer just in case to set an example for these young guys. Um, yeah, I just they're just they're a completely different team with a completely different vibe. Everybody has talked about how difficult the schedule is down the stretch. And it is. But it doesn't look like these kids care. It, it doesn't look like they have real any concept of, oh, you're the underdog. These these are these are prime, primo prospects mm-hmm. who have never been called underdogs. Yes, it's true. Um, but it, just think of it. You know, you're, you're
0: starting your first game as a major mm-hmm. league pitcher, Ryan Nelson. Um, it's on the road against a playoff caliber team with a really good lineup: Soto, Machado, Josh Bell, Cronenworth, all in that lineup. You don't bat an eye. Um, and, you know, he's he's actually the second pitcher. I, I, Tommy Henry hasn't been as spectacular as Nelson was last night, mm-hmm. but for the most part has been very solid, and you feel confident about him nailing down a rotation spot moving mm-hmm. forward from the left side. The outfielders, um, I mean, we talk about Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas a lot. Jake McCarthy is a human highlight reel. He is so much yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, whether it's running the bases or he's he's had a power surge recently and the one guy who didn't come up with he, not a prospect obviously a long time uh minor leaguer stone garrett has been amazing for this team he's hitting 424 Got called I
1: know. Up. Listen, and, and Jake McCarthy's numbers recently, I mean, it's they're ridiculous. He's sitting like 330 over the course of, of a good chunk of the last um, X amount of weeks. Uh, I, I look at this. Jake McCarthy was funny because when they traded David Peralta at the deadline, a lot of that was to clear out room for Jake McCarthy. And then... Here comes Corbin Carroll in the mix, and when Corbin Carroll arrived, a lot of us thought Jake McCarthy would become the bit player at that point in time, the fourth outfielder, if you will. Mm -hmm. He's... Smoking hot right
2: now, yeah you know it 's amazing this probably the worst player over the last month is Catel Marte, who was supposed to be the superstar of the team and the building block of the entire team,
0: like imagine if he bounces back next season with all this young talent yeah that would that would, that would be quite fortuitous uh, i 'll never say anything bad about David Peralta, and you remember back at the at the trade deadline it was a foregone conclusion. We 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 told listeners, hey, this is David Peralta's last home game. Mm. Go out there and give him a salute because he's going to get dealt. And he's actually been pretty good for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I wish him well. I don't miss watching him play though. Not with what no. we not with with what we've seen since the
1: deadline. Yeah. No. Listen. And and so I, to me, I think a lot of this is just sort of like growing in front of us is what which is what makes it so cool. Corbin Carroll's been good. He's struck out a lot. Yeah. Recently. And now Jake McCarthy is the guy. So it's interesting to me because really I thought Corbin Carroll was going to be slotted and Jake McCarthy is going to be the big guy. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. And on the flip side of it, I love the fact that the soundbite
0: that we played, Chris Garagiola calling the end of the seventh inning, it wasn't the only time Padres fans booed. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I know. They're getting impatient already uh-huh. because Juan Soto hasn't really done much. They feel like they should win every game. Um, I saw. I I follow Lee Hacksaw Hamilton on Twitter, mm-hmm. who was once upon a time a talk show host here in Phoenix, and that's who I grew up listening to. It was when I was a kid. He's been in San Diego forever, but he tweeted out last night. Why do the Padres keep losing to these horrid teams? You're not paying attention. They were a horrid team to start the season. Right.
1: They were a horrid team last year. Yeah.
0: yeah. They're in the. Th- you know, if it was a, a second half scenario where hey the second half champion gets in they'd be in the thick of a playoff race that's how good they've been since yeah. the all-star there break they're four
1: games under 500 they're a half game behind kicking the the Dodgers to fourth place i'm sorry the Giants to fourth place that would be if to, to take over third place to get back to 500 those are great goals to have i mean i i'm sure it's not their goals but i'm just saying that perceptually if you can go from 110 losses to a plus season mm-hmm. above 500, that's a staggering accomplishment. And by the way, over the weekend, uh, after we got off the air on Friday,
0: Zach Gallon got the national league pitcher of the month, as expected mm-hmm. July's national league pitcher of the month, Merrill Kelly's on the mound. Uh, if Merrill Kelly continues to pitch the way he does in a, in a showdown with Joe Musgrove and the D backs can win again tonight, you don't want to know how loud those boos are
1: going to be at Petco. <laughs> oh, I know. Zach Gallen has appeared uh, out of nowhere to show up in the Cy Young race. Yes. he's an outsider, but he—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's been unbelievable what he's been able to when do. When
0: he started this scoreless inning streak, Bick, mm-hmm. and you looked at the gap between where he was and where Brandon Webb was, you're like, "There's no way he's going to beat this record." And it's—it's it's not like he even gets into jams. I know <laughs> he's two outs away from breaking the well, Diamondbacks just... record.
2: They don't even let him ever go past seven innings anyway either, which makes it extend the streak. Like he could have broke the record by now. There's been several several of these starts where he's at like eighty eight pitches and they take him out.
0: Yeah, like the last one. And how about again Nelson last night, major league debut. Yeah. Seven shutout innings on eighty six pitches. That is efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get excited though. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back Too to late. that. Too late. I haven't heard from him lately. I'm hyped. <laughs> where you at, Rich? <laughs> oh, Richie oh, the Kid, where are you at?
1: Oh, 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 uh, oh. <laughs>
0: Big's Picks uh, is back in week one of the NFL season. kicks off this Thursday. Text PICK to 620-620. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, it's game week for the Arizona Cardinals. And right now, the projections for how this season are going to go in Arizona are all over the place. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.